Ecclesiastes chapter 9, if I, if I hadn't told you yet, Solomon's challenge to us at the close of the first part of this chapter, remember we, last week we preached on uh, the first nine verses of this chapter, and his, his challenge to us in those nine verses was to live life to its fullest and enjoy it while you have it. Now, a lot of people get this, this weird idea that the Bible and God and church, especially Baptists, uh, they're all about don't, don't enjoy life. You can't have fun if you're a Baptist. You can't have fun if you're a Christian. You can't enjoy life if you, if you live by the Bible. But strangely enough, Solomon tells us on a number of occasions in the book of Ecclesiastes that God has given us life to enjoy. So enjoy life. And here's why you need to enjoy life. Because you won't always have it. That was the, that was the focus of uh, the study last Wednesday night. And then he goes on, as we'll see tonight, in the last part of this chapter, uh, to tell us that we need to be prepared because in this life, while we're living it, things are not always as they seem. Things and I know you'll agree with this, things don't always turn out like we think they should turn out. Yes? Absolutely. <coughs> so the bottom line tonight, the big idea of the message tonight is this, life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. Look at uh, verse 11 of Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Solomon said, I returned and saw under the sun, and look at this, that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me, there was a little city, verse 14, and few men within it. And there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, look at this, this poor wise man, delivered the city, it says, by his wisdom. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. 
Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of a wise, uh, excuse me, the words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. As I see it, there are three things mentioned here that cause us to look at life as an unfair proposition. And the first one tonight is this, our human expertise is uncertain. (coughs) Excuse me. By uncertain, here's what I mean. We can study and work and train and practice and hone our skills to near perfection only to come up short in the end. Let me give you a uh, case in point from the sports world. There's a lot of stories like this. One of them has to do with the uh, Australian swimmer who was, was, was top, of the, top of the field in swimming. His name was Ian Thorpe. He was hailed as the world's fastest swimmer. And he was expected to win the uh, gold medal at the 2004 Sydney Olympics in the 400-meter freestyle, which was his, his best event. But check this out. He never got the chance to compete because he was disqualified in his country's Olympic trials because he accidentally fell into the water while trying to get balanced on the blocks. So you got that picture in mind? They're getting up there, they're getting ready, and this guy falls in the water. The fact that he was by far the world's fastest 400-meter freestyle swimmer and a certain gold medal winner didn't make a bit of difference. Ian Thorpe didn't get to compete. Now think about that. How many countless hours did he train for that event, for that opportunity to win a gold medal? And he gets on the box and probably, I'm guessing for the, I don't know, I'm going to guess for the first time in like forever, since he was probably just a little lad, He fell into the water, and he didn't get to compete. In response to the ruling, and by the way, um, the nation was up in arms. I mean, they, they were irate. But in his response to the ruling, here's, here's what he's quoted as saying. I accepted it, and now everyone else has to as well. Although it doesn't seem fair, listen to this, and in a lot of cases, life isn't fair, you just have to deal with it. How many other stories could be told 
just like that of, of Ian Thorpe. I mean, world stories of world-class athletes who missed their opportunity at greatness because of a, some freak injury or some inopportune uh, tumble or even because some political crisis. And if you remember back in uh, 1980, uh, the U.S. didn't go to the Olympics in 1980. Now again, you stop and think about that. All of those athletes that had worked so hard, many of them, this would have been their first uh, Olympic competition. And they didn't, listen, they didn't start when they were teenagers. They started when they were the age of some of our toddlers in the nursery. And their parents had them working day in and day out, hour after hour after hour. You fast forward to 1984, the Soviet Union uh, didn't compete in, in those Olympics. And I mean, if you think about it, those, those kids had made every kind of sacrifice imaginable. Sacrificing, if you've ever watched a, any interviews or stories or documentaries on, on Olympic athletes, then you know this is true. They sacrificed normal life and many of the, the joys of, of ordinary childhood and adolescence. And I mean, you, you get into some of those communist countries, and it's horrific, the stories and the things that, that these, these athletes have to go through and they finally get their opportunity and their chance to be the best in the world only to have their hopes and dreams crushed. The point tonight is life isn't fair. I was just listening today in my uh, running downtown. I had the radio on. And they were talking about the possibility of the Summer Olympics, the 2020 Summer Olympics, being canceled because of the coronavirus. And then as I was home getting ready for church tonight, I had, it, had the news on and there was a, uh, a, uh, a press briefing by the president, and that question was asked, what about the Olympics? Now, again, you think about all of those people that have been preparing for all of their life to participate in the 2020 Olympics, and because some stupid virus, they're not going to be able to go and compete and may never get that opportunity again. You guys with me? Or what about some retiree who has worked his or her entire life and invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in their company's retirement program only to learn later that they'd been ripped off by some unscrupulous CEO? I, mean, I remember years ago when some of you remember the Enron debacle, the Enron scam. We had a couple of men in our church who had poured their lives into that country, into that company, only to find out that everything that they had earned was gone. I'm telling you tonight, sometimes life isn't fair. 
Pastor David Jeremiah tells the story of his youngest son, Daniel, who played college football and was competing for the starting quarterback position. He had worked hard during the offseason. He had hustled during the spring practice and fall camp and had done everything that he could to ensure that he earned the right to be the starting quarterback. But right before the season started, the coach gave the job to someone else. And I'm sure you've got stories that you can tell of things that have happened in your life or, or, or in the life of someone in your family or the life of someone you know, a story just like that. Pastor Jeremiah said that he used that incident in his son's life to give him a life's not always fair speech. Would to God more parents today would sit their children down and give them the same speech. Because we're raising a generation, they just don't get that. I'm sorry, they just don't get it. They're, they're, <laughs> I could really go off right here, but there is a sense of entitlement. You owe me. And I'm just going to say this because I'm leaving tomorrow anyway. <laughs> I ain't paying off your college debt. That's not my responsibility. Sorry. You go, you pay. Eh. That's the way it is. Life isn't fair. Now, if I have to end up paying it off, life isn't fair. But you understand what I'm saying. But here's, what, here's, here's the deal tonight. We would be better served if we would come to grips with the truth that life is sometimes not fair. Success is not automatic. And there are some reasons for that, and, and Solomon gives them to us. Um, success is not automatic just because of our physical prowess. Look what he says there. In verse 11, it says, the race is not to the swift. I mean, it's not always to the, to the fastest runner, nor does the victory always go to the biggest or to the strongest. I mean, David and Goliath teach us that truth. Gideon and his battle with the Midianites teach us that truth. Success is not uh, automatic just because of our mental astuteness. Solomon mentions the uh, wisest. They don't always get the bread. Solomon was the wisest man to ever live, yet he was brought down by the foolishness of love. Success is not guaranteed just because of our financial shrewdness, just because one has a great mind for business does not guarantee that he or she is going to come out on top. I mean, we all know this tonight, that things change in a hurry in the world of business. And according to Proverbs 23, riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Success is not guaranteed because of our personal skillfulness. Some of you have lived this truth, that the job doesn't always go to the most qualified. 
And the bid doesn't always go to the most competent. And the solo is not always given to the most talented. But in spite of our, in spite of our expertise, listen, there are no guarantees in life. And that's because, here's our second thought tonight, our human existence is unpredictable. Time and chance, Solomon said, happens to us all. Now, church, please, don't don't understand this to mean that luck or fate or some other silly, superstitious thing is what Solomon is talking about here because that's not what he's talking about. The word chance means occurrence or event. Solomon is talking here about divine providence. So listen, if if you're a believer tonight, you don't have to resort to the use of a a rabbit's foot or, or some lucky number or rely on tomorrow's horoscope. You don't live by those things. If you're a believer, you live by faith. The Christian's faith is in the Lord, or at least it should be. It shouldn't be in the stock market. It shouldn't be in whoever's in the White House. It shouldn't be the fact that you've worked so hard. That's not where your faith ought to be. Your faith ought to be in the Lord and His leaving. We learned in in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 that to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven we understand that to every purpose there is a time and judgment ecclesiastes 8 6 as god's people we know that that god has a time for every purpose and for every work ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 17 but not only is our day-to-day existence out of our control but so is our hour-to-hour and minute-to-minute existence. I mean, here's the truth, church. It's all in the Lord's hands. And at any, listen, at any moment, we may find ourselves in the midst of evil times. Here's how Solomon put it. Caught like a fish in a net or snared like a bird in a trap i mean we're just going through life we're doing what he said in the first uh first nine verses of this chapter we're we're enjoying life because we know it's not always going to be something that we have it's going to come to an end he talked about that one event that happens to all and that one event that's going to happen to everybody in this room at some point in time is death it's going to happen And so he said, in the meantime, enjoy the things that God gives you. And so that's what we're doing. I mean, we're enjoying life, and and we're trying to have the best life that we can have. And and all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, life happens. Very unexpectedly. And we all have our stories. Amen? Amen? of how life happens, and we're not ready. The title of the, uh, this study is Life. How then should we live it? 
Here's the answer tonight, by faith. Believing the word of God and acting on it, no matter how I feel, because God promises a good result. That's how we like to define faith at Fellowship Baptist Church. It's believing the word of God and acting on it, no matter how I feel, because God promises a good result. So our human expertise is uncertain. Our human existence is unpredictable. And here's the last thing tonight, and we'll wrap it up a little early. Our human efforts are unappreciated. Again, the big idea tonight is life isn't fair. And one of the unfair things about life is that our human efforts aren't, aren't always appreciated. I mean, look at the end of the, uh, the text again tonight. Solomon tells a story of a, a small city. He says it's occupied just, uh, by just a few men. And seemingly out of nowhere, this, this great king comes against this, this little city that's occupied by just a, a handful of men and, and, and he besieges it and he prepares to, to go after it with everything but the kitchen sink. I mean, he built great bulwarks against it. I mean, he was bound and determined to overthrow this city. But inside this little city, in this story that Solomon is sharing, there was a man. Though poor in this world's goods, Solomon says he, he was rich in wisdom. And either by something he said or something he did, he was able to save the day. The city was delivered. And notice what verse 15 says. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Life wasn't fair to this guy. His human efforts went unappreciated. He saved this city. He saved the lives of everybody in the city. Yet at the end of the day, no man remembered that same poor man. And isn't that the way life is sometimes? Help me here. You do all the work and someone else gets the credit. Huh? We do all the preparation and then stand in the shadows while someone else gets an hour or two in the spotlight. Does that resonate with anybody? We work and work and work and save and save and save to buy someone something nice. And when they get it, they don't even say thank you. The cold, hard truth is that life takes all that we have to give and then forgets about us. 
and moves on. <laughs> Isn't this such an encouraging message tonight? That'll make you want to go out and just have a good time. Listen, sometimes, sometimes we need this reality check. That life's not always going to be up here. That sometimes life's going to be way down here. Because that's just how life is. So, what do we do when we find ourselves overwhelmed by the unfairness of life? How many of you tonight would say, Pastor, I've been there and I'll admit it. I have been there absolutely overwhelmed by what seemed unfair in my life. I'll put both hands up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what do we do? What do we do when life comes at us that way? Here it is. The secret is to remember that this life is just a preparation for the real life that is to come. If you have your Bibles, turn to John. We're we're done in Ecclesiastes. Turn to John chapter 14. Remember what, <coughs> excuse me, remember what Jesus told his disciples on the eve, listen, of the most unfair several days in the history of mankind? They're in the upper room. Jesus has told them that he was going to die. All of the events that follow that. Here was Jesus' message to his disciples at a moment when life didn't seem fair. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what does it say? I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. What's the answer when we find ourselves overwhelmed by the unfairness of life? The answer is this. This life isn't all there is. If you're saved tonight, you're going to a life where all of the wrongs will be made right. Jesus said, I'm coming again. And I'm coming for you. So that where I am, you can be. And you think with me tonight, what could have been more unfair than the treatment that Jesus received? He never hurt anyone and was always going about doing good. He was gentle. He was humble. Yet he was attacked and 
and treated like a criminal. And they beat him and they scourged him and they mocked him and they spit on him and they crucified him as the result, listen, as the result of a ruling that was handed down by a kangaroo court who had nothing but trumped up charges to go by. Jesus understood, listen to me, Jesus understood the unfairness of life. And on the night before his arrest, he told his disciples and us, do not put your trust in this world. Although they were seeking for for heaven on earth, Jesus let them know they weren't going to find it because this world was not their final home. And again, he he promised to return for them and to take them to be with him forever. And we would do well tonight to understand that those words are as good today as they were then. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. The songwriter said, our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And one day, Jesus is going to come, and he's going to deliver us from the unfairness of this world. And all God's people said, amen. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. And because he's alive and we live in him We do not have to look at life and say, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Instead, we can echo the confidence expressed by the Apostle Paul, and I'll close with this. Paul said, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. You see that? Which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, based upon that truth, come on now, based upon that truth, Paul said, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You may never get recognized. You may never get rewarded. You may never be in the spotlight. But you listen to me tonight. Your labor, what you do for God, though it's unseen, many times unappreciated, is not 
in vain in the Lord. Amen.